New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. Justine Willis-Toms. Welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Today, I'm hosting Trevi Johnson, author of Fierce Consciousness, Surviving the Sorrows of Earth and Self. I'm speaking with Trevi at her home by remote connection. Trevi, welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Thank you so much, Justine. You know, the challenges we face, whether they're personal loss or like the death of a loved one or global challenges like climate change, how do we take responsibility for those losses without just collapsing under the weight of powerlessness and deep, deep grief? What are your suggestions about how we can thrive in this rearranged and ever-changing world? Well, (laughs) I realize it's a big question. I truly believe that by finding and making beauty in the midst of hard times, we can survive just about anything, whether it's personal loss, Uh, climate change, loss of a home, a scary medical diagnosis, problems with kids. And it really begins with facing what it is that's going on and being willing to stand in front of whatever it is that we don't want to face and facing it. And in my experience, when I do that, it turns out that it's not so horrifying and dark as I thought it was. It may be for a minute or two. But then after that, sort of the smoke starts to clear and I start recognizing what I need to do for a first step. And along with that, this whole idea of finding and making beauty, if we can be open to the beauty, not necessarily of this awful situation in life, but the beauty that's all around us, the, the beauty that comes through in a person's gesture and action towards us, the beauty of a bird singing first thing in the morning, the beauty of a flower in the midst of a bunch of just grass. Um, if we can be open to beauty and offer beauty in the form of generosity or kindness or uh, feedback, um, we enter into the reality of life in a way that's bigger than our problems. And we can do this at any time, even in the worst and most difficult of situations we can find and make beauty. I'm thinking of a story that you tell in your book, Fierce Consciousness, and it is about a woman who is traveling with her sister in Vermont, and they stop by a farm that makes maple syrup. Do you recall that story? Yes, I do. I recall it was a a friend of mine traveling through Vermont, as you say, and there was a lot going on in the world right then. There was, there were, there were wars going on. You know, there was, there were, there was an economic crisis. 
There were things going on in their lives. So they stop at this farm in Vermont. And my friend gets into a conversation with the people about how they make syrup. And um, they tour the place a little bit. And they see all the things they offer. And then she bought some syrup and some candies. And when they got back into the car, her sister, who had been kind of silent during all of this, says, how can you talk about maple syrup when everything is like this is going on in the world? And I said to my friend, it's the best time to talk about maple syrup. You know, you, the, we don't have to choose to be miserable. And, you know, that's also important. If, if I am in a state of despair or grief or anxiety or fear, and something beautiful kind of dashes across my field of vision or perception, I don't have to say, I'm sorry, that's 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 inappropriate right now. I'm feeling grief. I'm feeling anxiety. I don't have time for beauty. I don't have time for maple syrup. It's inappropriate. Uh, there's always time to make beauty because it's a lifesaver. And it gives us a it gives us that little kind of blip of consciousness that all kinds of things are going on in the world that having nothing to do with us and our grief, that there is life and intention and purpose and creativity happening everywhere. I love it. I'm reminded just yesterday I was at Trader Joe's and as I was checking out, I had this necklace on that has all these little birds hanging from it, very colorful birds it's just sort of a flock of birds around my neck, you know, once in a while when I'm just feeling, I don't know, it is in grief, the news just gets overwhelming and it's just coming in on me. And I'm just so sometimes I'll look and I'll say, what do I need to pick myself up today? And, yeah. and I put on this necklace of birds. And as I was checking out of Trader Joe's, uh, a young woman said, oh, I love your necklace. And she says, it reminds me of my grandmother. She loved birds. And then she added to that, she said she had like three cages of canaries. And I said to her, oh, canaries, their songs are so joyful, aren't they? And that was just like a moment, like what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Because we led to something. And for a moment, like you say, you're pierced. You're pierced, yeah. With the beauty. Now, it may not linger, and it didn't change the news, but for a moment, something is transformed. Something mm -hmm. else is allowed into our lives. And that's what you're talking about, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. And and when you were telling that story, it made me think of my br my brother died in a, a in a flooded river in Vermont about 12 years ago, and um, and my husband and I went to you know to take care of things. And while and I was my, my brother and I were really good friends. You know, we really took care of each other. And um, and when we were in the more the funeral home. Uh, you know, everybody makes fun of funeral directors and they think it's gross and depressing and silly. And while we were sitting there, I mean, I was just torn open with grief about this. And I all of a sudden realized what was going on. And I said to the man who was helping us, oh, my goodness, you help people with the at the hardest time of their lives. 
Isn't that wonderful? I felt so grateful that there were funeral directors in the world that could help people get through stuff. You know, where did that come from? It was just this blast of gratitude at such a hard time. Trevi, as you were telling that story, it just reminds me of my own experience of a funeral director. A very, very dear, dear, dear friend died in Morocco suddenly in a car accident. And Sidonia Cahill, it took a while to get her home. And when she finally came home and we are her circle, women's circle, you know, helped to really prepare the body. And one of the things that we did was uh, we took rose petals and we we just covered her completely, except for her face, in rose petals. Mm-hmm. And the funeral director later shared with us that when he came into that room, closing down the funeral home for the night, and there was Sidonia, there was a little light on and her face kind of was glowing in the light because the rose petals were covering up everything else. And he said it really gave him a start. He thought, oh, there's a ghost in the room. <laughs> and we all laughed. We said, oh, Sidonia is so powerful. She can even, you know, affect the men in her life, <laughs> even as she's laying there. It was just a wonderful moment with a funeral director that made everything so personal. And and that's the way we really are with one another. We can do that with one another. We can pause and ask the question. We can pause and have those moments of conversation and, and beauty. When those moments of beauty don't last forever especially in times of grief. But if we are willing to accept them and not say, no, it's not appropriate, it's wrong, it's sinful, whatever, if we can accept them, it's like they lift us up in in, in fierce consciousness. I, I call it transcending downwards. We're not transcending up into God or something ethereal. We're transcending downward into the earth, to the raw emotions of being human. And it it's it doesn't last long, but it it's like it jumpstarts us. It gives us a kind of a, an overview of the possibility of life and the courage to go on a step further. There was one other thing that popped out at me. Well, there are many things in the book, Fierce Consciousness, but you quoted the late Spanish philosopher Ortega y Gasset. He was talking about mindfulness, and mindfulness is really up in the culture, you know, to create mindfulness and practice mindfulness. And he talked about it as being a skilled hunter. I had never really thought about that before. And he was talking about it as we need to be cunning and we need to be still. We need to be observant. We need to be constantly attentive. Can you say something about that idea of mindfulness? That uh, quotation by him struck me because he's talking about, you know, good kind of hunting, not just like going out and blasting animals in order to have their antlers or whatever, but hunting for food and sustenance and being so aware of the whole environment that you see like a movement, a horizontal movement of brown fur moving through the golden trees or whatever. And it's kind of like being on the lookout for beauty is for me. It's being in where you are mentally, emotionally, definitely physically, 
And yet, every now and then, not all that infrequently, if we're aware of it, every now and then this beauty sort of marches through. And are we going to be able to see it? Are we going to be able to tap it with our consciousness and take it in? Or are we going to just turn our head and ignore it? I love that. You are encouraging all of us to be on the hunt, to be cunning trackers (laughs) of beauty. Cunning trackers of beauty. Yes, I love it. Because there's so much that we're dealing with, so many challenges, both personal and global, that we're dealing with right now. And so what you are bringing to us is, okay, don't turn away from that. Descend down into it. But in that descent, don't forget that there's also the joy. That's a paradox is you talk about holding the feathers of grief in one hand and joy in the other. Leonard Cohen has the line in his song, Anthem, um, there is a crack at everything. That's how the light gets in. And I also realized that if I'm not facing the crack, like if I'm in the vessel that's cracked and I'm facing the opposite direction, I'm not going to see the light get in. But as long as I can have the courage and the fortitude to look at the crack, then I'll see the light get in. I won't miss it. And I'm also reminded, Trevi, that in grief, that means we have loved something deeply. Yeah. And the love doesn't disappear. The love is still there. And it's a longing for that which has passed. It makes us mushy. Is the word I'm thinking. It kind of mushes us so that we're more pliable, that we're not so rigid. It opens our heart. Mary Oliver has written a poem about, you know, you protect that which you love. Mm -hmm. And so it really leads us to participate in the world, even though we're mourning its destruction. Well, I think it's about risking loving. You know, my husband died three years ago of of cancer, and at times it's been absolute anguish to go through life without him. And yet I would not have given up that love for all of those years for anything. You know, if I have to go through anguish over his not being here, I'd take it because I had the love and the companionship and the joy. And I think it's true of anything. We have to risk loving the earth. We have to risk loving the trees and the, the, the warblers and our friends. Just risk loving them because even if you lose them, love is important. Yes, absolutely. It's important that we listen to each other's stories, our stories of grief, the telling of that and the receiving of those stories that's important. Yes. Yeah. And I, I've told the stories about my husband's dying to many people. And uh, and I've come to see it as a, a holy experience, you know, H-O-L-Y, a sacred experience. And when it's received, then you're not so alone with that grief. Yes, definitely. Because, you know, people who knew my husband they want to hear that. They want to participate in it. People who love me. I mean, I have a lot of amazing friends. By hearing the story and sharing it, sharing the grief and sharing their own stories, I don't want it to only be about me. We all have grief of all kinds. Let's talk about it together. Share the pain, share the love, share the beauty. 
Absolutely. Trevi, I want to thank you so much for being with us on New Dimensions Cafe today. Thank you, Justine. Thank you. I've been speaking with Trevi Johnson, author of Fierce Consciousness, Surviving the Sorrows of Earth and Self. And to find out more about her work, go to her website, trevijohnson.com. And she spells her first name, T is in tango, R-E-B is in boy, B is in boy, E, trebbyjohnson.com. Or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org, where you'll find over 1,800 programs in its archive. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. I want to thank you for joining us at the New Dimensions Cafe, and I invite you, please do join us again. You've been listening to the New Dimensions Cafe. This series of shorter interviews features many of the remarkable guests also featured on our internationally syndicated one-hour New Dimensions radio series. To access more than a thousand hours of programs, to subscribe to our newsletters, or to become a member, please visit us at newdimensions.org. New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org.